observe spaces, think of it, uh, look at photographers, because really at the end of the day, as a renderer, you are a photographer photographing that space and you are, you know, using lighting, you're using different um, camera techniques, you're using different ways to try and communicate um, what's in that space to the clients. Hi, I'm Beth Beeskey, the founder of More Time to Design and your host of the Design Dialogues podcast. I've been a designer for the last 12 years and I've run my own studio for five and I know how hard it is to run a successful business. You not only need to be great at designing, but you need to be great at all the other things as well. I created More Time to Design, a software platform to help designers run efficient studios, and I've created the Design Dialogue podcast to help us all learn together. Each week, we will meet professionals who are at the top of their game doing things that help us run our studios. We'll have conversations with social media managers, interior design mentors, copywriters, stylists, photographers, suppliers, and also designers who have been in the game for a long time and who have such a wealth of knowledge to share. I hope that each week you feel inspired and informed at the end of each of our design dialogues. So join me for the Design Dialogue podcast. Welcome to episode seven of the Design Dialogues podcast. This week, I am talking with Maria Giorgio. Before we get to the dialogue, I wanted to remind you about the 30-day free trial that we offer with More Time to Design. More Time to Design is an interior design studio and project management software that will change the way you run your studio. If you want to know how to build a better business, follow the links in our show notes to see how you can change your business today for the better. I also have a favor to ask. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. Reviews are one of the best ways for people to find the podcast. I would love to get to 20 reviews by the end of August. Do you think you can help me get there? If you are unsure of how to leave a review, I will put in the show notes some simple instructions to follow. I really do appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. In today's episode, I talked to Maria about the power of 3D renders and how they can really elevate your design practice, along with AI and how it is going to affect the design industry. I hope you enjoy this design dialogue. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's design dialogue. I am so excited to be talking to our guest today, Marie Giorgio, who I have um, had the pleasure of working with over the last uh, few years. So um, hi, Maria. How are you? Well, thanks yourself, Beth. Good, good, good. Thank you for being here and having this dialogue with me. Um, so I love to start off by asking everyone, what can you see out your window today? Well, it's actually a beautiful day today. It's uh, it's nice and blue, clear skies, nice weather. Very unusual for Sydney, you know, this time of the year. We usually yeah. have, you know, very interesting weather, but it's been great. So, yeah, very uh very bright and sunny so yeah. awesome awesome um so I'd love to hear a little bit um about your business and where how have you gotten to where you are today yeah okay well it's an interesting story because um I didn't actually plan to be where I am with what I'm doing <laughs> so um this was all a career change for me. So I, my background is in education. So I was a uh, high school teacher for 18 years and then mm-hmm. changed careers, started uh, interior design. 
and um, initial ideas were to you know work for um, designers and eventually run my own design studio and um, learned a lot along the way working for different designers but the last studio that I was at I just really fell in love with um, rendering and um, it just really just drew me to that so that's where I wanted to really focus on and so I decided I would like to really hone in on that and um, decided to just go out on my own and do some freelancing and yeah. um, I've basically just uh, been focusing on building models and rendering and helping other designers with their designs and bringing them to life and so that's predominantly what I do on a day-to-day -day basis but I also um, teach so that's the other side of my uh so I've brought in my teaching back into <laughs> my design. Um, so it all has come um, back in together. But, you know, my my passion is also to share my knowledge yeah. with those that um, want to learn about rendering. And, um, yeah, so that's basically in a nutshell my business. And, and what was it about rendering that really sparked that interest? Like, you know, because I've worked with, you know, my experience with rendering and producing renders is not a joyous one. Um, <laughs> so um, you're not using the right program. <laughs> most probably not. But um, what was it about it that you were like, oh, my gosh, I just love this and this is where I want to kind of, you know, go. Well, this is the path I want to go down. I think just the the whole idea of being able to see realistically yeah. um you see your materials and your lighting come to life and be able to see a space be created before you've even done any work on anything. Um, I call it, it's like a time machine. You've yes. gone forwards and, and you've seen, you can, you know, see the final result uh, before you've even started doing any work on design and to be able to be able to manipulate and change materials and be able to see different um, textures and different um you know, what, whatever a project's going to be um, including, be able to see all that come to life. And it's exciting that you can change things um, just instantaneously and be able to show a client. Um, they might say, hey, can you just change that? Um, oh, I don't like the tile. What about, how would that look like with a floorboard? Yeah. And you can show it straight away. And, you know, that's the client then starts to get more confident and feels more, uh, you know, just uh, at ease knowing yes. that their changes yeah. are going to be, all oh, right, okay, I can see how that's going to look like because you can present a client with physical samples. You can show them, you know, beautiful, you know, concepts and sample boards and uh, materials that can touch them, feel them. And, you know, but if you show them a 2D plan, <laughs> they look at you like you got 3D, you know, yeah. you got three heads and it's like... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't understand what I'm looking at, but it's not until you show them and yeah. be able to. So let the uh, the visuals do the talking rather than you yeah. trying to use a million and one different things and explanations because yeah. Yeah. in the end, uh, an image is um, more powerful than your words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so many questions have come out of that. <laughs> um, one thing that, like, I, I mean, I... I suppose I've used renders in my own business and I've also used renders, um, you know, when I was working for other designers and they're quite different processes. Um, how have you seen that, like the technology ch change in the last, you know, five years or so where they have become so much more accessible to 
smaller design firms, you know, the cost to produce a render is mm. reduced greatly. Um, how have you seen that change in the industry across that time? Well, I mean, the, the thing too with, um, you know, as we know, technology is rapidly changing. I yeah. mean, we've now got, you know, a new frontier with AI and yeah. um, that's the next thing my, I'm, I'm exploring that at the moment. But going back to rendering, um, in the past, you would have, you do, you know, like I remember when I first started rendering, you'd have to hit, you know, after you've worked on your renders and you hit, you know, render, it render overnight. So you'd yeah. have to, it'll take yeah. hours for yeah. you to create a render. Oh, totally. And I remember so- at one of the offices I was working at, we had a studio in Perth doing the renders. Mm. Um and, you know, we could only produce, I don't know, we had, we could pick three renders for this massive house because like the cost was just phenomenal. Yeah. And yeah, it, I remember so like, you know, and the time difference with Perth made it more complicated kind of thing. And they were like, okay, mm. we've got to get these revisions in because we need to leave them running overnight kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And now it's like, you know, it's so much faster, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. definitely something. That's that's definitely one thing that we've, you know, that's improved in being able to, um, again, it depends on what render software you use. Yeah. Um, I personally use Enscape um, yeah. and it's one of the more newer ones comp- compared to your, your, your V-Rays and other, you know, there's other render engines out there, but that's the one that I predominantly use and have found that it's um, it's user friendly. You can produce great renders. You can produce you know tens of you know lots of renders um, in a day. Like yeah. if you you know the worst thing to do is that if it takes hours to produce a render, only to discover that you've overblown a light or your your chair is floating and you're going oh my gosh I'm going to have to redo that again. <laughs> Whereas you know if you you know it's taking you a minute to hit render yeah. and then you go oh okay I just got to move the chair or make a couple of tweaks and adjustments. Um, but because it's a real time render engine, you can actually you know make the changes in real time and you can yeah. see. Um, so as you because I I model in SketchUp, so SketchUp's yeah. my modeling program that I use and render in Enscape. So as you're modeling in Enscape, sorry, in SketchUp, you can see all the changes happening live in yeah. um, in Enscape. So you can, you know, sort of be able to make all your changes, see what your lighting is going to look like. If you geolocate your model, you can see exactly how your shadows are going to be at different times of the day. So it's pretty exciting what you can do and what you can see. And if you were showing a client like, you can there's so many things that you can do that you know you couldn't do before like yeah. you can um you can provide a client with a QR code and yeah. um they can scan that and then they can see their space in in a panorama view so if they're standing saying where the kitchen is going to be and you've rendered the kitchen and whatever adjoining areas there are 360 degree view they can use their phone and look around, oh, oh that's wow. where my kitchen's going to be, oh, that's where my living's going to be, etc. Look up, down, and around, and I can see everything in the spaces as though they're standing right there. Yeah, wow. And if you've got access to, like, a VR headset, you can actually immerse yourself and walk through your actual project. And, um, wow, that's yeah, amazing. It's pretty amazing what you can do these days and what's, 
You know, you can even give like um, in Enscape, even if a client doesn't, you know, your client doesn't even need to have like um, 3D program on their computer, but you can send them a web standalone file and they can themselves move through their own um, project and just, you know, move around and have a look at, okay, let's go and look inside here. Oh, that's what it looks like. And (laughs) so they get excited. Like they're just. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's so much of what like, of how to keep a project, I think, like a project good and running smoothly is if you Mm. can keep the client excited about what their their end product is, the whole thing just runs more smoothly because especially if you're doing like a new build or something where you've got, you know, like, you know, 12 months, two years of this kind of being and like it's exhausting for the client. So anything that you can do to help them remain focused and excited yeah. Yeah. It just helps so much kind of thing um, yeah yeah it's yeah, really no, I mean definitely I, I just think there's so many things that like it is it's amazing where technology is taking us kind of thing um and it's all like I mean it's all positive really um yeah I think which is awesome um so one of the things that I like just you mentioned before which I would love to kind of get your take on it and obviously this is a very um studio by studio will be different mm. but where do you think is the best time to introduce the render so mm-hmm. is it at that first concept meeting where they're still maybe deciding on a few things um and you're presenting you know the concept to the client for the first time. Do you include the renders at that stage to really kind of get them going? Or do you think it's better to provide the renders kind of once they've kind of locked in design, um, selections and finishes and all that kind of stuff, and it's kind of the cherry on top of the pie mm. where you kind of go, okay, here's a photo, like here is your render of what it's going to be, look like now that we've gone through that process of making all the changes, like making changes and selections and all that kind of stuff. Like how do you think, what do you think is the best way to use renders in your process? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good question because, I mean, you could, um, you know, it's like, you know, you're not going to, you know, put down all your best cards down in yeah. the beginning because then what else do you have? <laughs> You've yeah. got nothing left. <laughs> I suppose it's as well, like, I mean, I use SketchUp, like I was using SketchUp in my design firm. I felt like it was the right size program for the work I was doing. And obviously with some of the other drawing programs as well, you have the ability to pull, you know, 3Ds out of them as well. Um, And I suppose I was using it where I was kind of like I could generate, you know, a perspective out of SketchUp. Mm. And that's how I would use it at that initial stage. And then I would bring the render in at the end. Yes. But I know a lot of designers who use those, like the renders right at the beginning as well. Like they kind Mm. of don't, they kind of just have them going the whole time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'd love to, I suppose it's, I suppose it's an an individual thing, but maybe a reading of the client as well. That's right. I mean, the thing too is, is if you're producing, um, you need to also think that if you're outsourcing the renders, then mm. there's an extra step in that process because then, 
you're, you don't have control of everything. Um, you need to make sure you've got everything in place that you're going to send it out to and, and that you're going to have good communication with the person that you engage because yeah. you don't want to be, I know I hear people saying, oh, but I can get a render for $50 from <laughs> overseas. I, you know, why should I pay X amount? And you just yeah. think, you know, each to their own. However, you can't be being able to communicate with someone who yeah. speaks your language firstly yeah. Yeah. Um, and also knows um, about you know there's different design um, ideas like you can you, you all you have to do is look at different countries and look at you know you can tell when you look at certain yeah. renders where someone is from yeah and there's a bias I guess towards yeah. how people render so um, if you are producing in-house then yeah, sure, you can, you know, show some draft renders in the initial stages. However, if you're outsourcing, I would probably suggest that you produce the renders, um, which a lot of designers, uh, when they engage me, I come into more towards where all the selections have pretty much been made and that the client um, is going to be, they'll still have like a couple of options, but they're pretty solid there yeah. and locked in rather than, um, you know, sort of produce renders from the beginning. You've put in all this work only for then the client to go, I've changed my mind. I don't like the design. Start from <laughs> scratch. And then, you know, it's it's also, you know, I guess it's also based on budget. You know, what yes. is the client's budget? Um, is the designer taking into account, like um, some designers have, you know, don't give the client any choice and they have renders inbuilt in their yeah. offering. And then other designers um have it as a an optional um yeah. choice if you want to have yeah. the 3ds but i'm finding that designers are finding that it's also um a safety net for them as yeah. well because they can also see and catch something earlier on rather than when the project's underway and they discover oh geez <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's nothing, there's nothing like you know you felt like you have explained it to the client inside outside upside down and so many other ways and then it finally gets built and they come on site and they're like oh that's not how I thought it was gonna look yeah that's there amazing. is nothing like you kind of like oh my goodness really <laughs> so yes I totally get it that using renders as kind of like final sign off like safety net like this is this is the this is how it's going to look yeah there is a real plus to that yeah as no second guessing what you see is what you get this yeah. is what it's going to look like but you know they also have to be aware too that a render is is quite polished right but yes. I mean you know it's not there are going to be you can't expect that it's going to be exactly exact like 100% like it is usually like pretty pretty close to yeah. the you know end result however there will be some materials they may not necessarily look like that because different light plays differently yes. on materials so that's yeah, something yeah. that they need to um, I guess it's important that the designer communicates to the client that hey, this is the render, this is what it's going to look like, these are all your materials, but keep in mind that light does affect yeah. the way that materials look at different times of the day. So you're not going to produce renders, you know, saying, okay, this is what you're, it's going to look like in, at, um, you know, nine in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, or, yeah. you know, 
you, you then, you know, just open up a, you know, Pandora's box and you'll be there forever. Oh, can we just see that in this? Or can we see yeah. that? And it's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know it is that fine line, isn't it? Like it's how much information do you give the client? Yeah. But you got to give them enough, but not too much. That's right. Yeah. And it's that really fine line. And I think that's where, um, you know, the, the psychology of being a designer comes into it. Because oh, definitely. Some some clients, like it's not a set point kind of thing. It's like it's a sliding scale depending on the client and, you know, are they a visual person or if they're not mm. a visual person. And I suppose part of the, I, I think a lot of it just comes from being, you know, experienced in the job, but you do start to pick up pretty early what you are going how much you are going to need to give the client to help them see where the project is going oh definitely um, yeah so I find that I find that quite an interesting and every client's different so oh, you yeah. can't have like one idea that this is what I'm going to do for every client I mean some clients you may need to do less yes. or some you may need more but um at the end of the day I, I think it also you know it, it comes down to you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot and then yeah. <laughs> set your expectations so high in the beginning that you're offering all this and this and this and then you find that the the client's thinking, oh, this is great, and then they want more and more. Yes. And, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, then they start nitpicking on things and then they, yeah. you know, like I think a great place to start to if you want to do, you know, sort of put a renders in your presentation is uh, they're called clay renders, so it's a yeah. white render. So yep. you take away all the materials. So if you are focusing on just the design, um, you want the client just to see, do you like the um, the look of, say, the kitchen? Um, yep. you give it, and then you can have that, that. You can get started on the rendering process. However, you take away all the materials, so you don't. The client doesn't can't see the materials, but they can only focus on the design. So that's that's something that could be. Um, pending on you know uh, the initial stages, it's a good idea to to do that. But then you can also use just SketchUp if you want to you know change the styles of you know make it look like it's a little bit more sort of loose and freehand that you yeah. can you know make it look like you got a pen style or a you know um, yeah. artistic style. So it looks like yeah. it's still in that initial stage. Yeah. So it's not refined and polished. And then the client because if you give them something too refined and polished in the beginning. It can freak them out as well because they might yeah, think, definitely. is this what it's going to look like? And then, again, it's that psychology of yeah. um, then they get set thinking, no, no, but this is not, I don't want this. <laughs> I don't, and it's like, no, relax. <laughs> totally. And I, I think that's really interesting because um, I've had a couple of clients over the years who have really kind of, they've just been focused on, I don't know, picking the stone, like for instance, picking the stone, like they've just like in their mind, it's like design is we need to pick finishes. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's, that's the last bit to do. Like that really, there's so much more work that we need to do. Before yeah. Yeah. That. And I think it's really interesting that point around presenting things in a way that make clients realize this isn't, you know, we've still got things to do. This is a very, yeah thoughts kind of thing because mm. yeah I think it is that educating the client on the way to work through the project and I do think the way you present things to the client they're kind of like visual markers of how of where you are in the process kind of things so yeah definitely I like yeah. I like using that um 
um, that uh, feature in SketchUp where you kind of have it's, it looks very hand-drawn and loose yes. thing and that really kind of um, helps them. I like that at the early stages before you've really like nutted anything out. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, I think those, I think learning how to present things in a way that is visually cueing for the client is really helpful. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, and so you mentioned like SketchUp and uh, what would you say, because I know there are certain things you need to do in your drawings in SketchUp if you are going to have them rendered. Mm. What, and I suppose this is a bigger question as well, like if you are planning to have your renders out, like you're outsourcing your renders, mm. how, what would your advice be to people around I suppose when they're first setting up their drawings, but also when you're engaging the renderer to help them, like to help communicate to them Mm. how you want the render to feel. Like how much information do you need to give to them to them make sure that it gets, you know, it gets done properly. I mean, as you said, I've seen renders that have come back and they've been done offshore and they have a very different aesthetic. The light Mm. quite often really wrong for our Australian um, environment and I think that like colour and texture and all of that kind of stuff can really easily get lost and I think if you've seen a bad render you know how bad they can get and they can kind of make what is a really beautiful scheme look awful. Yeah. What would your advice be around like if you are engaging someone to do these renders for you, how do you communicate to them? Because it is, you know, a working relationship. What what would your advice be for that? Yeah. Again, if you are, you know, sending, um, I can only speak for myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, how I do things. Um, but I say the more information, the better. Yeah. Um, so if uh, I like, I'm, I'm flexible with how I work with designers, some designers um, or have already built their model and they want me to render it mm-hmm. or they will um, want me to build the model and render. So it really depends. So if you are, you know, wanting to get a, um, a project rendered, but you haven't built a model, then you'd have to provide your floor plans, elevations, yeah. FF&Es, uh, links to websites, any Pinterest boards, concept boards, anything that's going to capture the aesthetic that you want in yeah. um, in the project, in the space. Um, so things like that will definitely help. And, um, you know, dimensions like your ceiling heights and you know if there's something a particular feature or if you can't get um if you if there isn't something that you can quite find a a link to an image or even something yeah. even if it's a, you know a little I've had uh, designers where they go look it looks and they'll do like a sketch and yeah. something like this and it's and then you nut it out so you then you you, you build it you send it and they'll be like oh no can we just round that off a little bit more and yeah. so it's kind of a back and forth type of um, arrangement until you get to where what the designer wants but if you're going to be vague with what you um, give to the renderer yeah then that can only go by with what you've given them and there's a lot of guesswork Um, and it can be difficult because you're guessing things and then it becomes even more complicated because then there's a lot of back and forth because then you send and I go no I, no I didn't mean that at all and it's like well <laughs> <laughs> you 
if you were clear in the beginning, yeah. Yeah, I would have uh, been easier to get that. Or you could yeah. have told me that because, <laughs> yeah, like people, I, I think, and, and look, I, I get it that maybe, you know, people don't quite understand what is involved in rendering. People yeah. think it's just, oh, it's a pretty image. You hit render and it's done, but it's, yeah. um, there's so much more involved in it because, um, you know, SketchUp is great. You can, you know, you build your model, but then you don't have to worry about what you've put in texture wise, you can that, yeah. but once you, you know, if you don't have the right textures, the right materials, and you've got seams in your materials. There's, uh, and then you put in in that you fire it up in, you know, I fire it up in Enscape, and then you just go, oh, I can see there's going to be a lot of work on this model. <laughs> because really, my understanding of SketchUp is that it's a pretty, uh, like blunt tool in yeah. that you can get away with like things like not having your textures quite right and yep. like it's you know it's it's kind of like looking through glasses with vaseline on them or something <laughs> like it's pretty it's pretty um rough and ready yeah yeah but when you then take that model into enscape or wherever it's like the glasses have been cleaned and you can see every single imperfection in that model can't you yeah well you know um the best way to explain it is that when you first of all bring in a model into um the rend engine into say enscape it just looks like everything looks chalky so it looks yeah, like right. as if it's got a chalky appearance yeah so um the first you know and, and the thing too is that when in when you render all those lines that you know for your joinery that you create in sketchup you can't see those so yeah you cannot see so you might have a, a row of cupboards and then all of a sudden you put in tenscape and it just looks like a whole block and then yeah. you, and if someone is not aware will go oh my gosh why does it look like a block and yeah. um so this is where uh you you know you need to understand that a model that you're rendering i always save a separate a model because um what you do is you're going to have to do um, a lot of different tweaks. You need to create physical gaps between your joinery. You may have to kind of fudge a few things to make it look the way you want it to look. Yes. It's kind of reminds me a bit of, um, you know, I, I've done like some um, styling on, um, you know, on set and what yes. you see on set is definitely nothing yes. that the same <laughs> as what you see in a magazine. You see these yeah. beautiful images, you just go, oh, wow, you know, that yeah. is not what it looks like on yeah. set. So it's kind of a similar thing. Yeah. With, and um, I suppose yeah. that really comes, like if you are outsourcing your renders, um, and like, I know some of the renders that you've done for me, like I've sent over my SketchUp models and I will admit I'm, my SketchUp models are not great. Like I get it done, but um, they're definitely, they're not that bad. <laughs> they're not by textbook at all. But I remember when you, you were saying to me, oh, we need to do, especially around joinery kind of thing. Yeah. And I suppose that's where the relationship, like if you are working with someone who's doing your renders, um, it's about creating that relationship where you go, okay. Tell me, am I better to take my model, my SketchUp model only to a certain point and then mm. hand it over to you? Or yeah. because by me doing more work to it, I'm actually making more work for you. Um, yeah. And learning that kind of to and fro, like as you said, like maybe building the SketchUp model and then to a certain point and then saving that and parking it as your render version and then mm. kind of keep on working on your other um, file 
yeah. which is more your SketchUp file. And mm. um, I suppose getting that relationship between yourself and the person who's doing your renders is really important because then you're going to limit, like over time, you're going to limit the backwards and forwards. You're going to get that understanding of how you should be setting up your drawings and what details to include and what details not to mm. include yeah. so that you're not creating extra work along yeah. the way. Oh, definitely. I think the relationship created between designer and uh, renderer is really important because it's not a handover, here you go, um, see you when the job's done. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> hope nice for the best. Was, but... <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's yeah. the reality is that's very rare. Yeah. Um, but I think the main thing too is if, if someone's handing over a model and what I see um, that makes things difficult is um, – some people just designers because they're building things quickly are not don't have good modeling habits so yeah. one of the biggest things is is not grouping not grouping yeah. their geometry so then once you once you go in and you want to try you want to move something or adjust something you realize once all those blue dots appear it's like oh yeah. no yeah yeah <laughs> so I think even if a model is not built well but it is grouped that just saves so much work yeah, in just yeah. you build a wall triple click right click make it a group or a component it, it, as yeah. long as it's got that blue bounding box around everything that you've built separately I'm I'm pretty happy but once I see blue dots I know it's going to be a big job yeah <laughs> and painful yeah 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 I find that really interesting I'm like seeing I think that's most probably a skill that because you're right like so many designers like you start off with the best intentions every mm. time you start a new model. But, you know, inevitably they always end up, you know, not as well as you would like because you're busy and you're trying to get stuff done and all of that kind of stuff. Exactly. I think learning the like what helps the renderer is so important mm. um, because ultimately that's going to give you the best outcome for your renders. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so... One of the other things that I know you do is you actually teach people how to render and how to use yes. Enscape and all that kind of stuff. And I find that really interesting because it's one of those things that I would love to learn how to do because I think it would help me. I think it's a different perspective on mm. modeling and drawing and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're so complementary. Um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately there's only so many hours in the day. Well, that's um, right. <laughs> How have you found the, 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 I suppose, the business model of teaching people how to render? Is it mainly for people who want to do it in their own studio? Or are you finding that people, because I think there's a real gap in the mm. market for people, like local businesses to be providing render services. Um, I think the cost is some, people sometimes think the cost is prohibitive, but I think, and so they turn to offshore and then I think yeah. the results from offshore aren't always great. Yeah. Um, do you feel there's a, a kind of an opening in the market and are you seeing more people kind of coming to do your course because they want to set up these businesses to be able to like as a support service to other interior designers? I've had, I have both. Yeah. I have, I've had students who, um, successfully you know doing rendering um, yeah. and as a you know virtual assistant virtual designer 
providing services for other designers. And then there are designers who want to be able to uh, produce renders in their own business so that I can give to their, their clients. And I find that um, I really think that if um, designers knew how to do their own renders, then they wouldn't, that it will cut out that time that you need to communicate with the renderer. Yes. And, yeah. and then you know exactly what you want to do and you don't need to explain yourself to, hey, I need that. Can you just tweak this? No, I need this yeah. change. If you know how to do it, you just hop on, you do it. And the beauty of Enscape is that it is not a difficult program to yeah. um, rendering program to learn. It's very powerful. You produce high renders, um, quality renders in a very short space of time. But like with anything, I mean, my course, um, you know, my videos go for three hours, like yeah. with the whole course. I can teach you Enscape in three hours. However, then it's up to you to then go and practice and tweak and refine. So yeah. it's not about, you can learn how to render in three hours yeah, yeah, I mean, you could and you can hit render and you can have a nice, you know, chalky draft render yeah. <laughs> and your client might just go, wow, that's amazing. You're like, oh, it could be better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, again, you take it as far as you want to take it because yeah. if you want to be, you know, like ultra, you know, sort of great at rendering, then you're going to have to put that time in. But if you want to just render so that you can get by so you can present the clients and you get you know semi-decent renders and your your clients are happy um then you've achieved that yeah. that, that goal so yeah. again it depends on how how good you want your renders um to be and how much time you have to put into that and you know and then at the end of the day um you know, like I find with myself, I'm, I'm like, you know, I've used other render engines and I know there's other render engines that can do more than what I can do in Enscape. And then I'm like, well, if I use that, then I, you know, it's, it's also comes down to time. And yeah. and then is the client going to want to, you know, spend an extra yeah. couple of hundred dollars because it's taken extra time to get that. Is it yeah. really that important in the end? So, yeah. you know, if, you know, getting that detail, is that going to make or break the design? Most of the time not. I think it's an yeah. ego thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, about, no, it's got to be better or you got to do this or yeah, that. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. you know what, this is this is great and um, just refine what you can do in, in this program and work towards making things more refined or better or whatever it is. But... Yeah, so my goal is to to help designers be able to bring the rendering in-house and then that way they're bringing more value to their um, offering yeah. and also be able to have more control over yeah. what they're... So, and then they're not spending as much time trying to outsource and try and communicate yeah. with <laughs> with others, trying to yes. get that idea. No, I didn't want it like that. And it's yeah. like, well, I, I can't get into your head. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and that kind of, I suppose, is a lovely lead into my next question, which is um, advice for younger designers. And I suppose, would you say that new designers or people just starting entering the industry, don't just stop when you learn SketchUp, like do that extra little bit to learn the rendering so that from day one, you are able to offer all of it kind of thing from, you know, 
yeah definitely plan all the way through to 3d render um yeah yeah I think as a as a young designer it's great to be able to you know be open to every learning possibility and if you find you know because a, a lot of um, junior designers are actually the ones that have been you know tasked with building the models and yeah. um you know doing that type of work but why stop there like you said learn how to render so that you've got that edge over you know like yeah. maybe other you know studios that may not be offering rendering they you know most you know studios will have some sort of sketch up and yeah. or you know there's archicad there's you know revit there's yeah. all these other you know um programs that depending on the the studio and what type of projects they do but yeah. if you're looking at kind of like and like an average studio, most um, will probably be looking more towards SketchUp. So learn to render, learn as much as you can and observe spaces. Think of it, uh, look at photographers because really yes. at the end of the day, as a renderer, you are a photographer yeah. photographing that space and you are, you know, using lighting, you're using different um, camera techniques, you're yeah. using different ways to try and communicate um, what's in that space to the client. So yeah. study, you know, look at, I mean, I'm always, everything I'm looking, I'm either touching it or looking at, <laughs> looking at how light look, reflects on it. I go, oh, how can I make that look like that in a render? Like I yeah. look at things like, it's bad because anything I look at, I'm thinking rendering, rendering. Ooh, no, 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 that's that awesome. <laughs> and I really love that. I love what you just said about how like study photography because that like, I mean, that's the ultimate compliment for a render, isn't it? When people mistake it for a photo, like that, yeah. is, that is the pinnacle. Um, and the really good ones, it is, it's the light. It's that play of light on mm. texture and all of that kind of stuff and the shadows. And um, there's a real kind of um, like warmth to the, yeah. to the to the ones that are just amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I love that kind of concept of study photography to see and try and replicate that in your renders. I think that's Yeah, awesome. yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And if you, you know, you have a good understanding of light and um, being able to, so you can be um, a real good render artist, but if you can't set up your scenes to capture things properly, you, you've um, you've lost the render. Like yeah. you really need to be able to set up a, like think of the, the, the render view as looking at, you know, at, through a camera and being yeah. able to set it up in a way that's going to exactly capture it. And um, it's like, you know, you want people to go, wow look at that space or like when you're flicking through a magazine it makes you yeah. stop to and you just go oh look at that space that's what yeah. you want the client to do when they're looking at a render to stop them in their tracks and go wow is that what my home's going to look like yeah, yeah exactly exactly yeah. that's the thing isn't it you just want them to go like it and it kind of so circles back to what we were talking about at the beginning it's they are an amazing communication tool um but they're only, they're one tool out of many that we have. Correct. But if you can harness that power to really, you know, spark the client's imagination, um, they can be awesome. And they're a great tool as well to bring out throughout the process kind of thing. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they are, I mean, they're great. I think that, um, I think designers who aren't using 3D renders in some way, they're really missing out on a um, 
become quite a, a crucial tool. And I think mm. the, the barrier to entrance to using them is so much lower um, than yeah. it ever used to be. Definitely. So, um, it's accessible it's, now. It's yeah. not something that is not, um, you know, up in, you know, not attainable. Yeah. So anyone can, you know, anyone can learn to I render. Think, I think as well clients, most clients expect them these days, at least, or at least some kind of 3D render. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, I think, you know, you, there's so much on Instagram and Pinterest and all that kind of stuff that I think there is an expectation from the clients to have them in the presentation or in yeah, your, yeah, um, for sure. you know, your workflow. So I think it is definitely a way of making you seem or not seem but making your presentations more professional and more kind of it's it's another way of well of showing the value that you add to a process yeah exactly it's not something that I think it's one of those things that is it's not easy for you know joe blogs whoever the client to do it themselves like it really is something that you have to be skilled at to get to get at. Um, well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't, um, you know, if you, if you, you know, some people, you know, will learn SketchUp yep. for their own, you know, to renovate yes. their place and all that, but <laughs> that's as far as they're going to take it. They're not going to yep. then invest in, you know, paying for a subscription for rendering and, you know, yeah. you know, the costs add up. It's not exactly something that you, if you're not serious about it, you're not doing yep. it day in, day out. So it's not worth doing that in that yeah. way but you know I think you know SketchUp is accessible for you know even someone who's not a designer and they just yeah. want to you know see how they visualize their own renovation which is great but as a designer as a you know, uh, you know an offering then yeah. it is you're missing out if you're not giving that option of photorealistic re- yeah. imagery for your for your client to be able to see their space yeah oh that's awesome I really um yeah, I, I, there's, I think there's so many, so much potential for it. It's awesome. Um, so what are you looking forward to for the next 12 months for your business? I know you've got your course and you teach at Sydney Design School, but what, what are you, what's it making you excited for the next 12 months? Um, I think at the moment, I'm pretty excited about exploring the AI. Like I'm looking at mid journey. We haven't even touched um, on that. Tell me what, what is your, um, because I I am a mixture of fascinated and oh this is going to be interesting like I'm kind of like <laughs> how is this going to work um, and I very much think like like we interior designers are not being replaced by AI bot any day soon kind of thing no definitely not um, and it was really interesting I was I saw something from um, and I'm going to forget all of the details about this but. At Milan this year, there was an Australian designer who created an AI designer. And throughout the fair, they were asking feedback. They were creating like models and mm. like artwork, like clay artworks, I think it was, sculptures. And yeah, throughout yeah. the fair, they were asking feedback from people visiting the stand. And that feedback would get fed into the AI interior designer or the designer. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the fair, they were able to take all of that feedback and create the, you know, revised 
product. Mm-hmm. And the point of it was kind of, you know, the ability of this designer, this AI bot designer yeah, yeah. to take that information, manipulate it, produce this new, um, you know, version of the product quickly and, you know, um, in a way that no human, like it would have taken a massive team to turn yep. that around in the space of the fair. Mm-hmm. And like that's a really interesting way of using AI in design. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of, I'm like, I look, I learn a bit about it and then I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's different. <laughs> well, a lot of people are scared of it. You know, a lot of people are, you know, getting, there is mixed, there is a mixed reaction about it. Um, I, I believe that the, you know, this AI is another tool to add yeah. to our um, other tools that we have. I mean, you can say the same about AutoCAD or SketchUp, you know, that's, you know, that's, you need someone to be able to tell it what to do. You know, it's not something that is going to take over. Like you still need to be able to um, import information to get what you want. And it's interesting because I I believe that with these AI, it's going to make us better better communicators because if you can't communicate exactly what you want, the um, the bot's going to spit out what what it thinks (laughs) you're saying. And it makes you realize, oh, gee, I'm a crap um, communicator. Oh, that's not what I meant. Oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then so it's interesting to see what your perception is of something and what when you put it in, what it comes out with, and you're like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I think, I mean, I, I think design is such, like, I agree with you. I think it's just another tool that we're going to have in our, you know, tool belt. And I think it is just an, the next progression of technology helping. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, it it's just, you think of, you know, the, the, the progression from, you know, where we would be hand drawing and, you know, big design, you know, architecture studios with big design boards and all that kind of stuff. And then we move to having, it all being yeah, on exactly. computers. And now you couldn't imagine not drawing something, you know, on a computer and yeah. being hand-drawn. Yeah, um, definitely. And so for me, it's very much, you know, and like as we've been talking, the progression of 3D rendering from what it was 10, 15 years ago through to what it is now. And I so I very much think AI is just the next progression on yeah. that. And um, we're just at, happen to be at this point in time to be experiencing we're at the um, beginning of it. Whereas, yeah, exactly. You know, and in I five think... years' time, it could be <laughs> going to again be who knows where. <laughs> exactly. But I do think the part that, like, I, I know most interior designers will say this, that we should really have a double degree of psychology and interior design because so much of what we do is dealing with the, the emotional part of the client, the emotional oh, part of the process. Yeah, the project, for sure. Dealing with, like working out what exactly are they trying to say when they're saying something very different to me and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that part of an interior designer's job will never be replaced by technology. It doesn't oh, matter for what sure. the technology is, will never be replaced. Yeah. And so I do think that it's, it is about kind of embracing it 
with a slight level of skepticism, yeah. but going, it really is just another tool. Like, you yeah. know, looking at this, this thing from Milan, like the fact that they can make things quicker and process vast amount of data quicker kind of thing. Like, that's great. That's going to help us. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting how it's going to come into our industry. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think like most things, some people will embrace it quickly and other people will take a little bit more time. Yeah, of course, there'll be resistance. Yeah, <laughs> there, yeah there is already exactly. resistance. So, exactly. Um, but, but um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's both fascinating and scary and exciting all at the same time because yeah. you just, like, think, wow, this is... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it really just really blows your mind what you what is um and then I can't help to think but like you know when you know AutoCAD or SketchUp came about first that would have been kind of the same kind of reactions yeah. back then like thinking oh my gosh like you know or you mean I can do this in like only a fraction of the time instead exactly. of drawing it by hand so it's a similar concept you know just yeah. that it's just going to make your life easier quicker um but you know then there's the other flip side of things saying well then if things are going to be take less does that mean you can't charge as much or you know so there's yeah. you know there's another can of worms that we're not going to get into that <laughs> no that is a whole other episode oh my goodness whole other episode but yes I know what you mean but um like uh, yeah I think it is it's a tool and it's a value that we add like I think yeah AI is going to fall into the category of like what we were saying like Joe Blogs off the street might be able to use a small portion of it, but yeah. it's someone who is truly experienced in interior design. That is the value that you bring to the project and, you know, oh, most being definitely. able to harness all of you, yeah. like everything that the, the AI tools and, you know, the computer tools offer is really, yeah. that's what you bring to the project. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So it's awesome. um, exciting. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so how can our community find you, reach out to you, find out about your course? Where is the best place to reach, Maria? So um, my website has got all my, my details. Um, so on there I've got um, my course on there. I've got my contact details. You can call me. You can awesome. email me. You know, happy to always have a chat to whoever needs to find out more information. So, um, awesome. yeah, so and we website. will link to all of that in the show notes for everyone. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Maria. I have enjoyed this chat and I could keep talking for hours about <laughs> AI and, you know, how where we're going to go with it. But um, thank you yeah. so much. I've learned, once again, I've learned so much about the process of rendering and all of that. So, yeah, so thank you so much, Maria. I hope you've had Thank fun. you so much for having me, Beth. Really appreciate it. That was such a great conversation with Maria. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I learned so much from Maria. I, I thought I knew a lot about rendering, but she, um, as always, I learned so much. Once again, as we see coming up in so many of these dialogues, so much comes down to communication. Communication between yourself and the renderer and what you are trying to achieve is so crucial. I also really loved Marie's description of thinking about your renders as a photographer. I think that's such a great perspective to put around 
it when you are building your renders and even coming into maybe pulling a render out of SketchUp. I hope you found it as interesting and insightful as I did and I look forward to seeing you for our next design dialogue. Thank you for listening to this design dialogue. I hope you have found it full of inspiration and helpful information to take into your design studio. If you would like to unlock the power of effortless studio management and elevate your design business to new heights, please follow the links in our show notes to see how more time to design can help you build a better business. If you would like to get in touch, please reach out on email or Instagram. You can find the links to both in our show notes. I would also love it if you could rate and review this podcast. This helps others find it. Follow the link in our show notes. Have a great week and I will see you for our next design dialogue.